Welcome to Hookah Chats with Matt and Ethan, a podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. I'm sorry for the delay, man. My my brain doesn't work so well anymore. I'm 43 now, so I'm very yeah. forgetful. But you, you, you're getting old. My uh, my daughter went to to my mother's house tonight. They mm-hmm. they have like a uh, supposed to be like fathers go in for breakfast every once oh. a month at her school. But um, I'm a bad father and I have to work. So my uh, my stepdad takes her. Yeah. And she stays overnight there. So we dropped her off. And then I had to go. Then Amanda, you know, like I told you last week, man, I'm, I'm in like fix shit around the house mode. Mm-hmm. And Amanda wants me to get the deck wired. And she wants me to put some more stuff into the bathroom. Um, and of course, now that I know what I'm doing, I have to do everything properly. Right. right so I'm, right. I'm, I'm shopping through Lowe's and I'm looking for, she's like, oh, this is pretty. I'm like, yeah, but that's only a 15 amp receptacle and we have 20 amp circuits and it's going to blow up the receptacle. And she's like, well, why? I just want this one. I'm like, honey, no, we're not doing that. Like it's going to blow the house up. Right. So I get, I get into Lowe's and I'm wandering around in there and then I lose track of time. And then I get a text from my friend who says, Hey, you forgot about me. And I say, yeah, I did. I don't mind. Hi, Amanda. No, no, I understand. I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh, man. Well, that's okay. No worries. I don't mind. I, today I did. Uh, the only thing I did today was continue to recover from having a dumb cold. Yeah. And um, and I took my German language exam today. How did that go? Um, we'll see. I turned it in. We'll see. If I, <laughs> I'll know in two days. I actually discovered that I'm I'm I. Uh, I'm supposed to translate 20, 250 German consecutive German words. And um, I only did 241. I discovered that like 20 minutes before you got on mm-hmm. because I counted the English words instead. And I was ah. like, fuck me, you know, shit. Yeah. And so I sent an email to the proctor and I was like, I, you'll probably see that I'm nine words short. I understand if I need to retake it, I, I get it, but. Please do you don't honestly think that your professor's this. sitting there counting each and every word? Yeah, I do because this is literally wow. like what what this person is paid for, you know, like like the who does the who conducts like the language exams, like that's like the bulk of their job. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if if this person is like, "You're nine words short. You fail. You're gonna have to retake it." And it's because <laughs> of those. It's because of those damned efficient Germans, you know. They, yeah, I they know. take a fra- they take a phrase like. Uh, you know, taking pleasure in someone else's pain and turn it into one word, schadenfreude. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're, no, you're right. That's exactly the problem is, is it's, it's called an inflected language. Greek is like this. This is like, like when I did biblical Greek in seminary, it's the same thing. Like rather than, rather than have individual words written out, if, if it's like they, they would rather create one word to mean three or four words in English. And so like, the word you know so like there's a word for um theological education that's just one word mm-hmm. but i can't but i have to translate it as theological education and so one word right. becomes two words but it's <laughs> theologia wissenschaft or whatever the fuck it is you know and i'm like fine <laughs> you know like whatever i was so butthurt when i saw it. i was like fuck me nine words <laughs> off you kidding me like like i translated 280 
English words. And I was like, well, surely that should be fine. And I should have checked and I didn't. And I'm a fucking idiot. You know what? It's ironic that you said, uh, fuck me nine words off. Are you kidding me? That's nine words. <laughs> That's nine words, man. <laughs> if only. If only. You should just put that at the end. Yeah, exactly. And uh, don't worry, I did it. You know, here's your nine words. Fuck me. I'm nine words off. Shit, motherfucker. Oh, man. Um, hey, you know what? You know what the best um, condensed version uh, from from German to English is, is in terms of like how many words it takes. Hmm. If you were to say um, you shouldn't be allowed to buy an AR-15 when you're 18 years old, yeah. in German that translates to no shit. Exactly, like every literally every <laughs> other civilized country on the planet is like, wait, what did they let happen? Like, what's going on? <laughs> or, or they my can, favorite, they can sum it up. No shit. No shit. That's a bad plan. Or my favorite thing is like you know, the dude wrote a manifesto. <laughs> It's another it's another mass shooter who shot up mostly black people who said, if you're wondering why I shot up mostly black people, this is why it's because I'm a racist, you know, psycho. Yeah. And then and then everybody's like, we will never know why this man killed these people. <laughs> I'm like, OK, <laughs> I know I read the material just, like I know why he did it. I'm just so sick of it. It's giving it's giving white people a bad name. It's giving gun owners a bad name like. This yeah. guy fucking sucks on so many levels. I mean, despite the fact that he's a horrible human being and it's committed this terrible atrocity. Right. Uh, you know, it's just another opportunity for people to fucking shit on other people that don't have anything to do with it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, and everybody's rushing around. Everybody's rushing around to try to justify it. You know, other than by just sort of saying what it is, which is we should actually just take what this guy tells us seriously. You know, this mm -hmm. guy, this guy says that this is what he believes and he tells us where he got it. Yeah. And so that's actually the answer. The answer is he and believes that white people are being replaced by black and brown people. And he got it from these Internet sites. And from Tucker, you know. And of but course, and of course, from <laughs> Tucker Carlson and those psychos. But you see, the. The, the thing that's so frustrating is this is such an easy problem to fix. Like, no, I, I listen, I am, I am a second amendment guy. I'm a gun oh, yeah. owner. I own an AR 15. I, I enjoy shooting. Like sure. I am in no way anti-gun, but there is no way on the planet that some 18 year old kid. Right. That is full of hormones and, thinks that high school is the end of everything because mm -hmm. that's what everybody thinks in high school like it's it's the most important thing ever you're not in a fucking mindset to be able to buy a weapon like that right you know right. and i'm not saying we should ban ar-15s but i am saying you should have to be 25 years old minimum to buy one unless you have like a military exemption where you've had special training or something like that where they've gone through and made sure you're not a fucking psychopath yeah, really it's a what, really easy fix. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's and it's very difficult for me to understand why anybody, either the NRA or anybody else, would argue about such a simple fix. Because the the fact is, most of these school shootings are taking place with not over twenty five year old people, right? Yeah, most exactly. of the time it's young kids or yeah. you know young adults that are fucking incels and they have whatever 
issues. They've been indoctrinated. They've absorbed social media. They whatever, and they haven't they haven't reached a point of maturity yet to understand that that stuff doesn't fucking matter. Right. And you know, you shouldn't be allowed to buy a gun that young. At least not an AR-15. I'm not talking about, you know, somebody that wants to buy a rifle to go hunt deer when they're 16. That's perfectly right. fine. But you're not doing mass shootings with a fucking 30 six. That's it's exactly not happening. Right. That's exactly right. You know? Mm-hmm. So, and you don't need an AR-15 to defend your house. Believe me. You don't. Right. Right. Now, I, the only justification I have for owning one is because I think they're cool. They're fun sure. to shoot. Sure. I enjoy it. Right. I have one because I wanted one. And damn it, I'm a grown ass man and I'm a responsible adult and I take care of the weapon and I protect the weapon from people that shouldn't have it. And, you know, I treat it with respect because it needs to be treated with respect because it's not a toy. I have no problem with people owning them. Right. Mm. But you have to be of the correct age mindset and fucking not have shit all over your social media about wanting to shoot black people before you can go buy one of these things. It's really yeah. simple. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you want to own something that's a military grade weapon, you should be subjected to the same psych evaluations that our military has to be subjected to. It's really right. not that complicated. Like right. and it really isn't. It's not that complicated. You know, these are sometimes we'll see on social media and I think this applies to this issue too. Sometimes I'll see on social media or I'll listen to folks talk or whatever on, on the left. And they'll be like, you know, can you imagine trying to fund public libraries now? Like, can you imagine trying to convince right-wingers that we should have public libraries now? It would be nuts. Like people would be like, no, that's socialism. We can't have public (laughs) libraries. Um, It's the same sort of principle, right? Like, like it's just common sense. Of course, public libraries are good. They're they're good for everybody. It's good for a community. You know why not? You know, when when it comes to like gun reform or gun control or 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 the you know the rights to own guns or whatever, we we're really just asking for something that's as common sense as a common sense good as having a public community library. We're we're asking people to um, prove to one another that we can be safe if somebody owns a military grade weapon. Your comment about like a hunting rifle makes total sense. Like, well, right. Like nobody is doing a mass shooting event with a hunting rifle. You know, I guess they could if they like really tried, but like that would be an abuse of that tool. An AR-15 is designed to kill many people. Right. <laughs> like, like that's why it exists. And mm-hmm. so, and so this person using an AR-15 to kill many people is using the tool the way it was designed and that's a problem because that person should not have that right right we should all we should all be able to agree that that's very stupid you know like like right. to allow somebody whose brain has not fully developed who has not received the proper training who has not been vetted who has not done all of that to receive an item whose sole purpose is to kill many people very quickly <laughs> it does not make sense it does not make sense the uh the military the people that go through the military and serve in the military are by and large way more adult by the time they get out of basic training than their contemporaries than their peers right i've met a lot of people that are 23 24 25 years old that have served in the military that are a lot more responsible and adult than 
their contemporaries who went to college and smoked pot or whatever. And that's not to sure. say that everybody that goes to college and smokes pot is irresponsible or immature. But by and large, when you go through military training, you have the shit kicked out of you so that you know what's right and what's wrong and what's up and what's down and how to handle yourself and how to handle that weapon safely. Right. I've always been one of those guys. It's like gun control is, you know, keep the safety on until you're ready to fire and watch where you point it. That's gun control. Right. Right, right. I'm not talking about gun control. I'm talking about fucking common sense bullshit. That would be super simple to fix 25 years old to buy an AR-15 unless you can have a military exemption where you're where your commanding officer says, no, he's not a fucking psycho. He can have one that I'd be OK with. You know, these are these are simple things the, the Second Amendment was supposed to is not supposed to be for like people to go shoot up shopping malls. It's supposed to be to maintain a well-regulated militia in case the government becomes tyrannical and tries to like conquer the people using its military. And the reason it was done that way is because in the 1700s, everybody had fucking muskets, right? right. Everybody had That's all it guy. was. So by the logic of the Second Amendment, I should be allowed to have a fucking howitzer if I want one. I should be allowed to have a, a tank if I want one, because you're supposed to be able to have what the military has so that they can't overrule you. That's the purpose of the Second Amendment. Now, right. is anybody walking around with an RPG? No. Why not? Well, because they're illegal. Yeah. So should M16s be or AR-15, right. you know, at least right. for until at least until you can show that you are responsible enough to have one. It's a very simple fucking argument. And it's not anti-gun. Right. It's anti-stupid. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just wanted to get that off my chest. I'm glad you did. I think that is <laughs> totally correct. And, and I would agree. I would agree. I want to listen to you alluded in the last podcast, Matt, about the ways in which some of your thoughts have changed um, regarding your politics. Uh, I assume particularly around abortion, um, but I don't know that for sure. Um, I'd love to hear about it, but I want to tell you two church stories because I want to watch you explode. I want to watch you. I want to watch what happens to you. Um, the first church story happened to me today. Mm-hmm. So before my German exam at 1130, I had to drop Adrea off to preschool at nine. And then I had to drive up to the church and like connect with like my secretary because I'm not going to be around this Sunday. I'm going to be in Michigan for a wedding. Awful. I love my <laughs> friend. I love my friend very, very much. And I'm glad to be in his wedding. I Is do this Corey? This is Corey. <laughs> Congratulations, wanna... Corey. I'm happy for you, buddy. Well done, Corey. Shout out to Corey. <laughs> Good, good job. You did it. You caught one. Um, <laughs> got one past school. You got one. You got one. Um, <laughs> I just don't want to drive 11 hours <laughs> while <Yeah>. I'm sick. <laughs> it's right. really the problem. Um, but I'm not going to be there on Sunday. So I'm connected with my secretary. I was like, hey, I, I can't find anybody to, to cover for me. Uh, and so I've already talked to the churches. We're just going to they're just going to do like a hymn sing. And then I'm going to put like a video on their Facebook page. Of like me talking for like 15 minutes, like being like, hey, here's some stuff I'm thinking about, guys, meditate on this. And my secretary's like, oh, yeah, sounds cool. So we like plan the the thing out. And then she's like, I know you have to go for your German exam, but I do need to tell you this. So I've been balancing certain some of our accounts like we've she had our secretary has some accounting background. And so we're paying her a little extra money to work on some of these accounts for us, which, which I appreciate. I've been balancing some of these accounts 
And um, one of our accounts, our rental property escrow account, is is not balanced. It was run, you know, like the church treasurer took care of it, and she got me the stuff, and and it's it's pretty wrong. And I'm like, like how wrong are we talking? Like how like how fucked up is it? And she's like, well, according to this to the books, like according to the books that Sherry gave me, um, the church treasurer Sherry. According to the books, we should have $19,000 in this account. I was like, okay. Uh, she hasn't been keeping track of like check numbers. She's just kind of writing checks. She's kind of doing whatever. But we should have $19,000 in this account. I'm like, okay. But according to the bank, we only have $3,000 in this account. And I'm like, ooh, that's pretty. Yeah, that's $16,000. That's a, like a new Chevy Volt. Yeah, that's a lot. That's <laughs> a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> And so I have to be somewhere like, and I, I kind of like look at Colette, the secretary for a while. And I was like, okay, um, can you get me Sherry's number? So she gives me Sherry's number and I call Sherry. And I'm like, Hey Sherry, you know, think, she's retired. She's older. You know, she's been doing this for a while. I was like, so this account's pretty screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, that's what Colette told me. We're silent for yeah. a while. And I'm like, Okay, and I was like, you know, I, I mean no disrespect, but I'm really going to have to ask you to step down as church treasurer. <laughs> did you ask her what where the money is? What happened? Like, did you know? <laughs> I, I did a little bit. I was like, so like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? She's like, I don't really know. You know, I it's just like she didn't really have an answer. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, I got to ask you to step down as church treasurer. And then she's fucking screamed at me. Like on the phone for like for like five minutes. She just like fucking laid into me, you know, freaked out, told me that I was being disrespectful and, you know, all, all that good stuff that I've been told before. <laughs> you lost $16,000, lady. That's not disrespectful. That's. Oh, you're right. Uh, you know, and, and, and so I let her kind of yell at me for five minutes. There was a little silence and I was like, okay. So yeah, I'm asking you to step down as treasurer. Like, <laughs> like this is nothing has changed. From my perspective, it's really it's nothing personal at all. You know, it's you just you just sort of fucked up. Like it's and so you're done. And I didn't say exactly <laughs> like that, but I did say yeah. so you're done. I was like, yeah. so you're done. You're done now. And so she quit. She quit everything. She she stepped down. She's like, well take me off of any committee I'm in and I'm never coming back to that church ever again. I was like, okay, Sherry, whatever. Good. <laughs> See ya. You know, by the and, way, and... we'd like our $16,000 back. Yeah. That's what I was like. <laughs> we should just take you to court for $16,000, but that would be bad. <laughs> and so I got off the phone with Sherry. I went over to, to Colette and I was like, Hey, you need to take Sherry off of all of our membership roles. Cause Sherry said she quit and she's done. And Colette's like, okay. Cause Colette, unlike Paula likes me a lot. Colette's yeah. always like, you remind me so much of my son. And I just, I just think you're great. And I was like, Colette, you and I are going to get along swimmingly. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so Colette like brought up the computer, took Sherry off of everything. She's like, she's gone. She's no longer exists. And I was like, great. We just do what she asked us to do. So when she inevitably does come back, you know, in a month and she's mad that I've taken her off of the rolls, I'll, I'll be like, you told me you were done. Like, like what do you want? <laughs> I thought I was the immature one, you know, like what is going on? <laughs> Let me tell you one more church story. 
Because this one is very well, Wait funny. a minute. We're not done with this church oh, story. Oh, yeah. What Lay it in. $16,000? I don't know. <laughs> I don't what? know where it went. It's gone. It's probably in her house. You know, I don't know where the fuck it went. You're just going to let her walk with sixteen grand? I don't know if she's got the sixteen grand. Like, like who well, knows? It doesn't what... matter, dude. I mean, I understand turning the other cheek, but that's bullshit. What the fuck, man? You can't I can that. ask. I can I can like I guess I can ask some uh, somebody to uh, you know she was the church she was the church treasurer she's accountable for that money she needs to answer for where it went yeah you're right (laughs) that's the bottom line there's (laughs) you're right I uh I will I I don't the the problem is I don't even know who to ask I guess I could just ask her give us the money you know and then she'd be like I don't have it and then that would be it you know I'd be like oh well okay well, what what about when the, when you know? I mean, I guess they're not taxes due on a church, but still, like, there has to be property taxes and stuff on the rental property. There, there is property taxes on the rental property, yeah. Well, then there's got to be some kind of statement of what whether whether that was being paid or like, right? Where did right. this money go? She has to be able to account for it. The, the IRS is going to know or want to know where the fucking nineteen thousand dollars that was in the account. Has gone. No, I Somebody has to pay taxes on that. So I imagine that what will happen is that I'll have Colette look around a little deeper in the account and see what we can find. I imagine that um, Sherry probably didn't steal the money. I'm not saying she stole the money, sure. but there's got to be a record of where it went. It came out of the account at some point. And it came out via check or via charge or something. And the right. bank is going to have records of that. And you can sure. see where it went or to who it went, you know? Yeah. And if it went to her, then you got to, then you got to call the police, my friend. <laughs> oh no. If it went to her, we will call the police. Like, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, that seems strange. $16,000 to Sherry. Hmm. Oh, yeah. What she use that for? That's, that's what we call embezzlement in the, uh, in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, churches are great for that, you know. Like everybody <laughs> just runs like like you know, nobody knows what they're doing, and so nobody knows when to check. And so I got yelled at today by an old lady because I was like, I have to ask you to step down. She was like, <laughs> You're a you're a little fucking kid, you don't even know what you're fucking talking about. And I was like, Well, you lost sixteen thousand dollars, so I don't really know what you want. I've never had sixteen thousand dollars in a bank account once in my life, you know. <laughs> like, like if I lost sixteen thousand dollars, I'd throw up. Like, like I'd, I'd leap from a balcony. I'd be like, I'm a failure, you know, in every way. And how dare uh, you question her about it? Like, that's yeah. the that's the audacity. That's the the, the arrogance of, of people nowadays. It's like, how dare you question me for being a fucking idiot? You know, what, right, right. Exactly. What, do you, what do you mean? How dare I question? How am I being disrespectful for firing you for losing sixteen thousand dollars? Like, how is that disrespectful on my end? Yeah, it's not my fault that you lost sixteen thousand. No, you 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 right, you right, you right. Let me let me tell you this because I do. Oh, want to there's hear your another thoughts. story. Oh, Jesus. there's there's one more story. It's not about this church. It's about our mutual friend, our mutual favorite church, Kerwinsville United Methodist Church. Okay. Um, I can tell you right now. What was that? You you cut out a little. I said. I said, I can tell you right now, Kerwinsville United Methodist Church didn't lose $16,000. They'd know exactly where it went. <laughs> they do. They, they're they tight. They know what's going on. So I'm marrying, I'm officiating the marriage of Sand, one of Sandy's grandkids. 
I'm Uh doing that in August. So we're we're coming up. I'll be up actually for camp in July. So I'll I'll absolutely see you at some point in July and bother you. Um, But I'm, we're coming up. I'm at, at least I am. I think all of us might be, but but at least I am coming up in the in the beginning of August for this wedding. So I'm officiating this wedding for Erica, one of Sandy's um, kids, of Sandy's grandkids. I agreed to do this. I of course would happily do this. No big deal. I got to know Erica a little bit in the three years I was in Kerwinsville. Sounds great. Um, so months ago. I get a phone call. I'm at dinner with Beth. I get a phone call. I don't recognize the number. I pick it up. I'm like, hello? And and this lady on the other end is like, oh, hi, Ethan. This is Deanne. Now, Deanne is the new pastor at Kerwinsville. Okay. And I was like, hi, Deanne. And I, I could sense where this was. I could, like, sense what she wanted to talk about. But I let her go. She was like, hey, so um, you're not ordained. Like, that's how she opened you're not ordained i was like no i never i never said i was i never claimed to be ordained and i haven't uh because i'm not a fucking idiot i don't lie you know about that um and uh and and she's like well i i thought you were ordained i was like oh why'd you think that she's like i I guess i don't know i but like you know erica wants to get married at the church and told me that you were going to perform the ceremony. And I was I was fine with it. I was like, great. Is there anything else you want to talk about? That's <laughs> why I was like, shut up. Because I could sense where this was going. Like, I was like, oh, great. Yeah. It sounds like we've got it all figured out. You know? <laughs> Erica's getting married at the church. And I'm performing the ceremony. And you're great with it. Perfect. You know, wonderful. <laughs> we did it. And she's like, well, like, I don't, I don't know if you can if you can do that, if you're not ordained, like you're not licensed at Kerwinsville anymore. I was quiet for a little while, for just a few <laughs> seconds. And I was like, Deanne, you're making a very big mistake. Like, this is what I said to her. I was like, Deanne, because I knew her a little bit. She and I went to seminary together. Like I knew her a little bit. I was like, Hey, Deanne, um, I have a sense of where this is going. And I think that you're making a very big mistake. Like, I understand that you're uncomfortable, sort of, like I get it, but like Pennsylvania state law in terms of officiants is really lax, like it is totally legal for me to perform this marriage. It's all good. Well, you know, I understand it's legal, but like, is it is it appropriate from a church doctrine standpoint? And I was like, you are making a very big mistake. Like, <laughs> and I said that to her, I was like, you are asking a question that is not a very good question. Like I, in many ways, it does not matter what church doctrine is saying, because these are people that don't attend Kerwinsville United Methodist church. These are people whose grandmother attends Kerwinsville United Methodist church. Right. They're not United Methodists. They're really just look They're They're willing to pay you to have the service in this building and they're bringing me in as an officiant. That's what's happening. Right. We're just renting the grounds here. Right. Right. Well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'd be more comfortable asking the district superintendent. Now, Matt, who is the district superintendent? <laughs> Jolene. <laughs> Jolene Willis. And I was like, Ooh, this is not something you need to talk to Jolene about. Like, like this, is, <laughs> this is okay. You're like, it's fine. 
And I was like, but fine, talk to Jolene, see what Jolene thinks. And she's like, okay, well, I'll talk to, I'll send an email to Jolene and I'll, when I hear back, I'll get back to you then. Great. <laughs> she hang up. I look at Beth and I'm like, this is about to get fucking awful. Just get ready. So next week I get a call from Deanne again. Hey, Ethan. Okay, so I talked to Jolene, and this is what she said. When I said this to Nick, I told this story to Nick, and Nick was like, wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> like, like, everything that's happening is wrong. You should quit. You should drop out. You should, fuck, you should just fuck them. Like, fuck them all. But anyway, so this is what Jolene said. Jolene said, um, we both could do the ceremony. Deanne and I together could do the ceremony. However, Deanne would have to do pretty much everything. And the only thing that I would be allowed to do is to like say a prayer. And then I was like, I was like, okay, that's, and I was like, I don't think that's the rule, but okay. And then she said, you know, Jolene was like, this is important because what we really, the real purpose, this is what Jolene said, the real purpose of Christian marriage is to connect people to the church that they're being married in. Oh, since bro, you're not gosh, the pastor. It's not a recruiting device. It's a marriage. I know. And, and, and so since you're not the pastor, it would be inappropriate for you to, to do the, the bulk of the service. And I kind of sat in silence for a second. And I like sort of put that in the back of my mind. And I'm like, one of these days, I'm going to say that to Jolene. because there's this little thing called the united methodist book of discipline that is in no way correct like 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 what jolene just said was complete nonsense like 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 no that's not the theology of marriage at all actually like you've (laughs) you've made that up completely you just decided to do that by fiat like okay (laughs) so i put that in the back of my mind and i was like okay Deanne, I want to caution you. And I said this to her. I was like, I, you know, I, I want to caution you. I know it's your church now, and I'm not here to, I, I have no interest in taking control of your church. Not at all. It's right. your church. But you haven't been there very long. This is a real mistake. Like, <laughs> like from a, like the people of Kerwinsville will not interpret this decision as anything other than a bunch of dumb asses interfering with <laughs> with the shit that they want. <laughs> this will only end badly for you. And I said I said all of this to her. I was like, Dan, this will only end badly for you. you <laughs> your relationship with Sandy and with these, this family will fall apart. Like, if you really want to build a relationship with Sandy and Erica, I will happily help you do that. I really will. But that means mm-hmm. we have to not listen to Jolene. <laughs> and I said that to her. I was like, we have to just ignore what Jolene is saying. You have to let me do this, and I will absolutely bring you into the service, facilitate conversations with you and Sandy and Eric. Like, like if you if if the purpose of this wedding is to connect Erica and her husband to Kerwinsville United Methodist Church, what you are doing is gonna do the opposite of that. Right. She's like, well, and I it don't... even jeopardizes the relationship with with the grandparents. Exactly. It even fucks you over with Sandy, which is the last person other than Carol. Sandy is the last person you want to fuck over. Yeah. Sandy will ruin your fucking life. You know, <laughs> and that'll be it. Be, oh, yeah. 
see you. You're done. You're out, you know? <laughs> and so Deanne was like, well, I'm going to go with Jolene on this one. Well, that's because Deanne wants to go with Jolene on this one because Deanne is, is having a little territorial pissing right now. And she right. doesn't want somebody else urinating on her tree. That's exactly right. <laughs> and so and so I was like, okay, DM. So I got off the phone with DM. And then I called Erica. I was like, this is what's happening, Erica. And I explained the whole thing to her. And Erica got off the phone with me, talked to Sandy, called me again. She was like, is there any way for you to be my officiant if we just get married in another church? I was like, of course. I can literally be your officiant anywhere. That's the nice That's thing. That's why about I got married in a field, by the way. But okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like, and I told her that I was like, we can get married outside. We can get married in a fucking bingo hall. If you find a church that doesn't care about who your officiant is, we can get married in that church. Like, like, my God, like anything is possible. Literally anything. And so except for getting married in Kerwinsville United Methodist Church. With, getting married the, in with, with the uh with the paranoid uh, pastor that's afraid that she's going to lose her congregants to the former pastor, which she will. <laughs> she will. That's the thing. I, I was like, Deanne, I don't want, I want you to succeed. Like, like I will absolutely help you do this. But if you follow Jolene's advice, it's not going to work. Like, like they're, they're just going to go fuck you, you know? And yeah, but we also know Jolene and Jolene was telling Deanne what Jolene thought Deanne wanted to hear, which is that's what Deanne wanted to hear. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Jolene doesn't actually have a, a sense of, you know, conviction in this. Did you talk to Jolene at all? No, Jolene never talked so you, to me about it. So you don't know what Jolene actually said? <laughs> no, I only know what Deanne Jolene said. Jolene probably said, no, that's fine. He can come up and do that. <laughs> Man, that'd be awesome. That'd be so fucking funny if Jolene said that. <laughs> And so they are now getting married at Hyde Wesleyan Church. <laughs> and I'm the officiant. And, yeah. and, so, and so I was like, all right. And, and, and the next day she went to Deanne's office. She said, I'm ending my contract. I'm not, I'm not paying you. I'm not paying the church. I'm, we're not getting married here anymore. And, and I'm like, oh, well. You, all you had to do is fucking listen to me, Deanne. That's all you had to do. And then it would have been fine been fine you know and i you'd show up deanne you'd be like hey i'm happy to be here you know i'm the pastor what can i do to help you like like oh god it's so fucking easy being a pastor <laughs> is so fucking easy matt like 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 all you have to do is just be a fucking person like that's it just show up and not be an asshole and go hey what can i do to help you and then they'll tell you and then you do it and then they'll go this guy's great you know <laughs> it's, that's it's all i well, did now oh. let me now, now let me play devil's advocate here just for a second because let's be honest this this is a, a silly uh political bullshit yeah. story anyway but let's let's put this into some context now we've talked before about you know other pastors doing things and how you know it's not necessarily healthy for the church to hold on to an older pastor you're right, right? and whenever the new person comes in it's it's kind of like, you know, being the president. You're supposed to show up to the inauguration even if you lose, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, it, it, our society is changing a bit in, in terms of, like, respect that way. But right. how would you feel if someone else came to your church that, and they said, hey, we want this other person, not you, to officiate in your church? Would you feel offended? Would you feel upset? Would you feel, you know... Um, would you feel like it was your 
you that you were entitled in some way to do it because it's your church? Honestly, no. I would want to vet them. Like, don't right. get me wrong. Like, I, I, I honestly, I wouldn't feel offended. I'd be like, oh, okay. I want to know because I, I did a funeral once at Currensville where I did not vet the pastor that that they wanted right. to the funeral. And he was well, just this is fucking, what I was getting at. This is the story just, that I was getting to. Exactly. Like he's just a fucking psycho. Like, like, and so after that, I was like, no more. Like, like, yeah. you know, we will, we will at the very least properly vet these people. And I'll be like, right. mm, nope, sorry, this is my pulpit, and you're not gonna do damage to it. But that was a damaging thing. That wasn't a that wasn't an, an another pastor coming into my territory. That was a well, what are you gonna say? Like, are you right. going to show up and undo shit that I've been doing for, for three years? Oh, you're yeah. not? Oh, great. Yeah, whatever. Whatever you want. You know, like, it's yeah. no big deal. I am. Um, and, and and once again, like, I'm sensitive to that. Like, I get it. You know, I get it. Like, Deanne does not have to uh, give me anything. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not licensed to preach at Kerwinsville. Like, she doesn't have to give me anything. I, if the theory is... Erica and her fiance need to form a connection with this not with this church. Then she's then like she, I, I go if that's what you want to do, then this strategy is not going to work. No, <laughs> no, none of these people, none of these people will interpret this as like a good thing. They'll be like, so wait, you're not letting me do what I want to do on my wedding? No. And it's for my own good. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> but it's yeah. not for your own good. That's that. That's her usurping the right. the church for her own means, and that's that's fundamentally wrong. <laughs> you know, like that's just that's like that's all it would take. Like I wouldn't even. She could have said yes at this point if it, if it was me getting married, and I found out that 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 her motivation for not wanting you to to officiate my wedding was so that i would join her church i'd be like well then we're not going there (laughs) like i'm not going to be duped or 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 like leveraged into attending your church so that i can use it for you know my wedding i like i said man i got married at a bed and breakfast in a field you know (laughs) (laughs) because my mom my mom wanted me to get married at west side right of course and I did not have a connection with that church. I I got thrown out of that church. You know? right. So I was like, I do not want to get married there. And my mom was really butthurt about it. And she's like, well, if you don't get married in the church, then you're not really married. And I was like, okay, mom, whatever. Like the, yeah, right. the, uh, the state of Pennsylvania is the one that's, that's giving me the marriage license. So it really doesn't matter what you think. Right. So like right. legally I'm married. So that's that. But, uh, but yeah, like I didn't want to be involved in the church politics. Um, in my wedding, I certainly wouldn't want to be involved in a manipulative church service. Right. I felt like I didn't have the, I don't know if I didn't have the right, but I didn't have, like, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have any business going to, to West side to get married. I wasn't affiliated huh. with that church, you know, I just didn't want, and, and it's not a bingo hall. It's a church. Right. Right. Like, right. And if you're going to get married in that church, you should probably have some kind of connection to that church, at least some kind of connection to the denomination, which at the time I really didn't even have that. Mm -hmm. The only reason we were having a preacher in the first place was because that was kind of like, it's the thing you do when you get married. Right. Sure. Sure. I didn't have, I didn't have this like uh, moral or religious like motivation to get married. Right. I, I, you know, I got married because, you know, I love my wife and like 
legally being married gives us certain advantages in terms of like medical care and you know taxes and these th- all these things that are related to the state not to the church exactly <laughs> to the exactly. state like if i die my wife gets my stuff if i die and she's not my wife she doesn't get my stuff right mm-hmm. or unless i have a will drawn up or whatever but you know, I wanted to have kids and, you know, so hmm. I wanted to get married for the, the legal reasons of getting married. It didn't really m- much have anything to do with the church for me. Right. You know, um, so I didn't want to ut- utilize the church as kind of like a, a bingo hall because it's not sure. like I respect exactly. I respect even though I don't go to that church. I respect the fact that I r- recognize what it is and I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> defile it by not believing <laughs> in what they're saying, right? Sure, I know what you mean. Like, because it's just disrespectful. But it, had I been manipulated into going to that church, that would have been even worse. Oh, sure. That would have been even worse. And uh, I can imagine that Sandy, <laughs> just knowing Sandy, she might be going to hide Wesleyan now. <laughs> you know? That's the thing. That, I was like, what a fucking, what a mistake. Like, what what a terrible, dumb mistake that could have just been avoided. Yeah. You know, like, like if you just have an ounce of humility, you know, and trust, and trusted me, you know, like, right. Deanne, I love that church. I have, I have the church's best interest at heart. Like, right. I really do. Like, I don't have a weird ego with that church. Like, I've made my mark, my portraits on the wall like i don't need i don't need them to continue to love me unconditionally like i'm not their pastor anymore i just want the church to do well and and so like to do this to do this weird backstage bullshit is dumb like like and it's only going to result in bad stuff and also like and nick said this when i told nick the story He, he was like why are church people totally inept at understanding how normal people think like surely Surely someone should have been able to tell Jolene, hey, that theory is fucking idiotic. The theory that, oh, no, we let people get married in our church in order to convince them to join our church is not how anybody outside of the church thinks at all. Like not not a one person thinks that way. That they're prepared to pay to use your space is a win. Take their check. (laughs) And that's that. And you know what? If you treat them with respect and dignity and you give them a good service and give them what they paid for, they're probably more likely to come to the church because they had a good experience with it rather than being duped into coming to the church. Exactly. Exactly. Or having this kind of unspoken like bargain that if we we let you do this, then you're going to come back and tithe, right? Like, no, I'm going to pay you for what you said, the service that I was going to get provided, and then I'm going to leave. Exactly. You know, that's that's what the expectation should be. And if I come back, it should be of my own volition, not because you manipulated me into doing it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now, the good thing about this is Kerwinsville has some smart people in it. Oh, yeah. Right? So even though you might have a fallacy in leadership, like that congregation will probably be all right because that congregation isn't tied necessarily to the pastor. They're tied a lot more to each other. Now you connected with them very well because you treated them with respect. You told them shit they didn't want to hear all the time, sure. but you all you you never took their uh, you never took them for granted and you never treated them disrespectfully, right? Despite what your 
despite what one of the ladies said to you, like <laughs> everybody, true. every everybody else, like like they got it. Like they didn't necessarily agree with you on everything, but they got it and they respected you for it. And that's why you're so well liked there, and why you're sure. still respected there. You know, I don't think I don't think Deanne's got a prayer if she's gonna openly manipulate people at that church because they're not gonna have it, man. They're just no, not gonna. You're have right. It. You're right. They're, everybody's too strong willed. That's the thing. I go, guys, come on. What are you doing? You know, like to Deanne, right? I said that to right. Joe too, the guy who replaced me. I was like, Joe, this is how it is, brother. You know, you, you should be yourself. I'm not telling you to be like me, but what I'm saying is like, if you baby these people and if you like try to play games with these people, it will be, it will end very badly for you. Like right. they can sense that you're playing games with them. That's why I don't play games. You know, I, despite the fact that i planned meticulously out everything i was doing like i didn't play games but people are like why do you want this person on the committee i'm like to do these things that's why i want them on the committee it's not i'm not playing it close to the chest i'm just playing the, i'm just doing my job ridiculous ridiculous so i really would love to hear about what you alluded to uh, in our last episode uh, about things you've learned or, or the ways in which you feel like your mind has changed, if it has changed. I, I, um, became, stuff. I became a little bit more uh, self-aware in a good way. And I was glad that I had somebody strong like Elena to sure. bring this to my attention. So here's what happened. In One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I was playing the lead character, R.P. McMurphy, who's an anti-hero. Mm -hmm. And she was playing the villain, uh, Ms. Nurse Ratchet, who is like, she's supposed to be the, the, the representation of order. Right. And I'm supposed to be sort of the representation of chaos. She's supposed to be the rep representation of authoritarianism. And I'm supposed to be the uh, representation of freedom, right? So we have the, the two characters written to oppose each other and they do that the whole way through the play. So listeners, if you're not familiar with the play, that's the long and the short of it, right? Um, McMurphy's a quote-unquote bad guy, but he's the hero of the story. And mm -hmm. Nurse Ratchet is the quote-unquote good good guy, but she's the villain of the story, mm -hmm. right? It's a really well-written play. There's a portion in the play where McMurphy is um, hooked up to electroshock therapy because Nurse Ratchet's trying to basically beat him into submission mm -hmm. so that he is... He is conforming with what her expectations of, you know, proper sane behavior is. And McMurphy's re resisting it the entire way. So she, she go, he goes through this period where he gets, uh, she, she gets him uh, into the electroshock therapy chair. She basically goads him into a, a fight with one of her aides. And that is the impetus to get electroshock therapy because now McMurphy has uh, indicated violent behavior. So anyway. After that, there's a scene where McMurphy comes back and he's goofing off with the other uh, inmates, right? Mm -hmm. He comes in and he's got this zombified look on his face. He's got drool running out of his mouth and he, he looks like he's been like just fried, but it's all, it's all a sham. It's all an act, right? He's just mm -hmm. doing it to screw with them. And then in the scene, he kind of walks over to the nurse and then he starts laughing and then he starts jumping around and screaming like 
uh, look at me. I'm the 10,000 watt psychopath. Yeah. I'm the champ, you know, and all the, all the inmates are relieved to see that McMurphy's actually fine. And they get that he was putting them on. And there's a scene where, uh, the nurse says something about, well, maybe we should, you know, do something different with the treatments. And McMurphy goes over and grabs her breasts and twists them like he's twisting radio dials. And he, and the line is, Hey, I bet if we crank up the voltage, I could get channel eight. Right. And I I had to physically grab Elena's boobs and twist them. Right. So during the rehearsal process, I was talking to Elena about it and I wanted to be upfront with her about it. And I was like, listen, uh, we want this to look good on the stage, but I don't want, I don't want to get me too. This was my words. This was my words. I don't want to get me too. So I want to make sure that we're okay to do this. And she was like, yeah, that's, fine go ahead you know grab them you know do what you got to do make it look good my intention and elena knew this was i don't want to make you uncomfortable i don't want to do anything that's going to make you feel violated or betrayed and i don't want to hide behind the fact that we're doing to you know take advantage of you in any way or to make you think that you know i'm not respecting you and i want to make sure that you know, we're, we're true to the characters, but I don't want to, I don't want to sacrifice your dignity and your, and your comfort level with me. This is what I meant. But what I said was, I don't want to get me too. Right. right. Okay. Now, Elena brought this to my attention after this, after this, uh, a couple weeks after this, actually, she's like, you know, you shouldn't say it like that. (laughs) I said, well, what do you mean? And she says, when you say, I don't want to, get me too that sounds like you don't want to get accused of doing something you're afraid of being accused of doing something and i was like "Ooh, no 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 that that's not that was not my intention i mean i don't want to get accused of doing anything sure. but i don't want to do anything right right of that course. would make you uncomfortable i don't want to i don't want to overstep your boundaries i don't mm-hmm. want to disrespect you but the way that I phrased it to Elena and to every other person that was standing around, I thought I was making a kind of cheeky joke when I said, I don't want to be me too. But what I was really doing was denigrating the entire me too movement. Mm. And in my own mind, aware that I've absorbed all this negative uh, kind of indoctrination about the me too movement from, from, you know, society from social media, from the news where, you know, the impetus seems to be more about people being afraid of being accused of something. And they're not recognizing the purpose of the movement, which is to make sure women are safe and protected. And I was participating in perpetuating that sort of um, negative, that negative uh, connotation towards the Me Too movement in the way that I and I didn't even do it consciously. I didn't even do oh, it sure. willingly. And mm-hmm. I, I'm so glad that somebody like Elena was there to bring that to my attention because it was something that, you know, it, it woke me up to the point where, you know, I have to be conscious of what I'm saying. And I might be joking, but I don't perceive it the way that the person on the other end might receive it, right. you know, and, and the, it, had I said that to another person that wasn't Elena, maybe that wasn't 
friends with me and didn't know me as well, they may have perceived it that I was just trying to avoid responsibility for, you know, a sexual assault. Right, right. Yeah, (laughs) Right? yeah, that's essentially what it was. When it when when in no way was I trying to do that. And and I was thankful that I had somebody like Elena to be able to point that out to me. And it woke me up, you know, it kind of changed my kind of changed my attitude about it. And it made me recognize that I'm not immune to all the negative um, connotations and all the the negative feedback here every day. I think of myself as a liberal. I think of myself as somebody who's woke. I think of myself as somebody, you know, that's responsible. And here I am perpetuating this negative stereotype inadvertently. And I need to recognize that. And that, that was like one of the really powerful lessons that I got. And it was thanks to our friend Elena who brought it to my attention in a way that wasn't, she wasn't being mean about it. She, I mean, she knew where I was coming from and she knew, she knew what I was doing. I was making, you know, uh, a, a nervous joke about yeah. a sensitive topic and uh, it wasn't received well and it wouldn't have been received well. And I wouldn't have even known that I had done it if she hadn't said anything. So thank you to Elena for bringing that to my attention. And it's changed the way I think about it. That's awesome. Wow, yeah. that's a great story. I love that. Man. <laughs> Elena, I just texted Elena as we were talking. I was like, we're talking about you. And Elena's like, oh, God, you know, all good things, I hope. I was like, oh, yeah. No, I think that's really great. I mean, I've had experiences with Elena like that as well, you know, where Elena has has helped me see um, perspectives that I'm blind to or or. And that's really the thing about like being, you know, the right has villainized this wokeness phrase, right? You know, and 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 all what it really means is, like you just said, well, I really, I really wasn't aware of the ways in which my words and my actions like kind of impact people, and now I'm aware of it, and so right. now I have responsibility to like, since I'm aware of it, I have responsibility and to change it. You know, is that a bad thing? No. Hell no. You know, that's fine. So uh, we have like Dave McCormick, who I voted. I didn't vote for tonight because I'm not on the Republican side, but Dave McCormick is running for uh, governor in Pennsylvania Hmm. on the Republican side. And today was election day. And uh, he one of his ad slogans is I'm (laughs) anti-woke. Right. Like that's what that's what they're it's what it's on it's on the news every morning you know whenever he puts his little ad campaigns out there i'm anti-woke i'm pro-gun i'm pro-trump i'm you know anti-black lives matter i'm anti that and it's like dude you're anti like some really good things you're demonizing things right right because you want to score political points and you know you're you're characterizing something like well, like I was doing with the Me Too movement, I was characterizing it as a bunch of like harpies that are going after men and trying yeah. to accuse them of things just for the sake of of holding some sort of feminist power over them. I was not intending on that message, but that's what my yeah. words were doing. They were perpetuating that myth. Right. And I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to project present myself that way. I don't want to project that image into the world to anybody and that's what being woke is and i don't think that's a bad thing at all so when somebody tells me they're anti-woke i'm like well then you're a dick <laughs> yeah oh so you're just you're just pro being awful you yeah know, you're really pro mean. being a shithead and you know go fuck yourself because i don't want to be around you. <laughs> well exactly and you know like like the woke stuff as you're saying you know listeners 
who might if you're a listener and you're and you are anti-woke i i don't know why you're listening to our podcast i guess but like like no, there's only like three people and they're all well, we have nine because oh, of our nine? hiatus yeah we had nine we have nine unique listeners That's wow good. well one's me and one's you so we have seven we have seven unique listeners um <laughs> but no i say you know the the woke stuff is really not that complicated we do not want to hurt people right that's not really what we want to do. We don't want to hurt people. We don't want to disrespect people. We don't want to, we don't want to, through our actions, put people in situations where they're deeply, deeply uncomfortable, potentially hurt, you know, could be very bad. And so we know better. There's this play. I actually recommend it to you. I bet you'd really like it, actually. It's called JB. I think I have a copy of it. Um, it's in verse, uh, but but it's not like obnoxious. It's not like an iambic pentameter, but it's right. this really cool rhythm. It's called JB. It's by Archibald Michaelish, I think. No, that's not it. There it is. Yeah, Archibald Michaelish. It's really cool. It's um, it's about this is what it looks like. Boom. It's mm-hmm. about um, it's a retelling of the story of Job in the Bible. Um, and and there are these people like like the main characters of the story mr zeus and mr nichols um like like tell the story of job you know by by being the characters of satan and god okay and so like there's characters who play job and job's wife and stuff but then mr zeus and mr nichols are like all right well all right it's time for our part you know and then they they come out and they play god or they play the devil or they play these other characters and it's inverse it's really interesting and there's this really great line in the play that really sticks with me. Um, I first read it in seminary and, and the line is, um, so I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but the line is, um, we have to keep our eyes closed. We have to. And Zeus is like, why Nichols? Why do we have to keep our eyes closed? Because if we keep our eyes open, then we are responsible for what we see. You know, (laughs) we can't have that. You know, if we're responsible for what we see, then then that means it's our fault if we don't respond. You know, like like, and so keep your eyes closed, and or in other words, stay asleep. You know, (laughs) don't be woke, right? And and I always I think about that whenever we talk about like wokeness. Like nobody on the left uses the language of wokeness. That's that's something that that the right. Like maybe one time somebody on the left on the left side used it and then the right picked it up and they were like, well, I guess we can't ever use this again. But like, that's all what it means. What it means is my eyes are open. I see stuff now and now I'm responsible for what I see. Right. And so when when I see uh, somebody because my eyes are open, when I see somebody say something that even if they didn't mean for it to be this way, um, puts women in bad situations it's up to me. It's up to me to stop it. It's up to me to go, mm, nope, sorry, brother. Like, right. you don't say that shit anymore. Why? Because it puts women in shitty situations and we just don't say that shit anymore. Well, but that's that's against my freedom of speech. You're a fucking asshole. We'll start with that. Like, Well, <laughs> now, let me stop you there because sure. I believe some people do like to weaponize that. There are people out there yeah. that like to claim to be victims and they like to and I've talked to you before about how I can't stand when people are offended on behalf of somebody else. Like sure, that drives yeah, me nuts. Right. And there are those culture warriors out there on the left and the right that like, frankly, insert themselves into things that they shouldn't be inserted in to begin with. But 
the way that Elena brought that to my attention mm-hmm. was a perfect example of wokeness without being militant about it, right? She wasn't coming after me to condemn me or dem- denigrate me or to like rebuke me. Right. She was she was illustrating to me and educating to me, look, this is how you're sounding, right? Yeah. Is this is this how you want to sound? And I was like, no, no, that's not how I want to sound. Right. right. So that is that is the correct way to be, quote unquote, woke, woke. Right. Like sure. that's that's the way it should be done. Right. Yeah. It shouldn't be used as a cudgel against people. It should be used as a as an educational thing, a, a, a tool to help people correct misbehavior. What I said was inappropriate and it wasn't my intention. Right. Sure. Now, it's different whenever that is your intention and someone calls you out on it and then you go, well, you're just being woke. Well, no, right. you're being an asshole. That's, you're being an asshole. That's, I'm not being woke. You know, <laughs> right. you know? or right. or if or if Elena knew that wasn't my intention, and chose to you know to to castrate me in some way to, sure, to sure. elevate her own power by you know bringing me down a peg, then that would have been her on the other side being inappropriate, right? Yeah, sure. Because I you agree. know that's not what I meant, but you're just jumping my shit about it because. Because you want to, you know, assert your own power over me or something like that. Which she did not. Let me be clear. She did not do in any way, shape or form. Right. Right. So there's really no problem with wokeness as long as both people are being respectful about it. You know, if, yeah, if you're if, if you're respectful enough to receive the message, which I was, and mm-hmm. she's respectful enough to deliver this the, the message in a way that's not. Uh, um, I don't want to say derogatory because like i deserve to be criticized for it i deserved it you know but she didn't do it in a way that made me feel like lesser she just brought it to my attention and i think that you know that's why i appreciate her so much as a friend because she Mm -hmm. she has a different perspective sometimes and she can make me think which is which is valuable you know now not everybody wants nobody wants not everybody wants to think and that's a problem you know people that like Maybe, maybe had I been one of these uh, knuckle dragon mouth breathing Neanderthals that I see on the right, I would have just, you know, criticized her of being a woke bitch or something right. like that. But that wasn't her intention either, you know? So, no, not at all. You know, I, I, I don't understand the whole anti woke thing. I understand the whole anti, uh, you know, martyrdom thing. Yeah, <laughs> I sure. get that. Sure. Not being but, an asshole, you know. Yeah, you know, I, like, I agree. Or, or, but yeah, it's it's just not it's not that uh, not that complicated, really. Like, if you're anti woke, you're just you're choosing to be a dick. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, sometimes we say, or, or I've heard said, you know, in theology or on in liberal folks or whatever, like the intention intention matters. It's not that intention doesn't matter. But maybe what is most like immediately important is impact. Like, sure, intention does matter. If you intended to put women in a position where they are inferior, then yes, welcome to being an asshole. Like, like, Mm -hmm. like, that's no good. But, but often the, the problem is actually just impact. The words, regardless of one's intention, have an impact, which, which create inferior positions for women or non-men or whatever 
and and that's the problem like like the impact problem is the problem and right. that that and because and i think that like impact is a hard thing to like wrap for the right to wrap their brain around well because <laughs> i think that they 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 hide behind intention a lot you know, oh, well, it wasn't my intention to be racist. Therefore, what I did was not racist. No, like, like that's not how which that is, works. Which is fundamentally my point. That's exactly, you're, you're pointing, you're, you're sticking the finger right in the eye of what I'm saying. Because right. I have no problem being an asshole. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I, I, I can be an asshole with the best of them. But my point is, if I'm being an asshole i want you to recognize that i'm being an asshole right because that's my intent like yeah. i don't have a problem with throwing down with somebody and being an asshole to them because that's my goal right. my goal was not to be an asshole to elena when i said that and i sounded like an asshole and i needed to be corrected okay right. so if my intent is to be an asshole i can do that with the best of them. but that was not my intent and it's just like what you just said right? Like intent matters. And if, if, if you hear that something that you said or did is racist and your first response is, well, I'm not a racist. So what I did wasn't racist. Then, then you're not willing to admit the fact that maybe if, the, if your intent really wasn't to be weight racist, then maybe you should change the way that you're speaking. Right. Maybe you should wake up <laughs> right. we don't say being, woke <laughs> right, yeah. maybe you should wake up to how you're being received because right. you're not if if your intention is not to be racist and it's being received as a racist comment then you are the one that should be changing the way that you convey your opinion or the way that you convey whatever statement you're trying to make and if you're not willing to do that then you're being racist <laughs> of course of course and that's frustrating don't get me wrong like like i remember having a conversation with carol once at kerwinsville where she referred to people of color as coloreds right and, and she watched my, she watched my body cringe like she watched me go Ooh, you know like that yeah and she immediately was like i know you know like it's it's just this is just something that like i'm, I'm having a hard time unlearning it's just the way i am and I get it. Like, I, I understand that. And and Carol, and I'm not here to condemn Carol. Like, I understand what Carol is saying. What Carol is saying is, you know, I have 60, de 60 years of, of built-in language that is hard right. to unlearn. That being said, that being said, like, it's still a racist impact, right? Like, like right. The, the impact of racism is still there. And because it's not what we, what we intend, we have to change. It's, it's one of the reasons why... Um, I do my best, and, I, and this is something I'm learning, trying to learn how to do, is I do my best to uh, say things like women and non-men. One of the reasons why I say that is because I have a friend in my department who's uh, non-binary, who, who mm -hmm. I like a ton, you know, who um, uh, may um, have, uh, may, may look traditionally female, but you know, their name is Elliot, but, but has made it very clear in a very non-confrontational way. I really don't see myself as a woman. I, I'd really prefer to not be a woman. You know, when we talk, when we use pronouns or we talk or, or whatever, great. What that means then for me, in order so that I don't hurt my friend, is I, is I use the pronouns that they ask me to use, but also I adjust the way in which I talk and generalize, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Elliot, her, their name is Elliot, Elliot, many of the same things that plague women plague Elliot. Right. But they're not a woman. Okay, so right. I adjust my language. I say, yeah, women and non-men, people who are not men, have similar right. problems. Great. That's not me. That's not me being this weird, like intellectual Nazi who who's trying to no. control people's language. It's you being respectful. Right, and you exactly. know what? It's okay to make mistakes. Absolutely. Right. Like we all make mistakes. It's 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 a matter of how you deal with your mistakes once you've made them. Right. Now, another example. Uh, we have an individual at the detention center right now who is transgender. And physically, mm -hmm. he's a male, huh. but he appears and identifies as a woman. Now, in the in the detention system, it's a little different than reality, right? Like we can't house. I guess I call him him in in the context of of the prison system because he's huh. he's biologically a male. We have to house him with other men. Right. Other biological males, right? Other biological men, right? Right, right, right. Um, for security purposes, sure. the the biological women at the facility will not be comfortable with a biological male, even if that biological male identifies as a female. So we can't we can't do that. We have to take special care of this individual because this this individual be, can be taken advantage of by the men, sure, <laughs> right? Sure. Mm -hmm. In, in in the so it, it's a it's a different it's a different thing but um when i first encountered this person i referred to him as him he mm -hmm. and i wasn't trying to be disrespectful it's just like i look at the sheet he's in the male pod i called him a he right and he's like well i don't identify as being a man and i said well i respect that but you're in a situation here where this is going to cause you problems. If I go in there and I start calling you her or she, it's going to create issues amongst the other people who are not, who do not, uh, the other, the, the, the other inmate population who does not, um, <laughs> does not care so much about what society thinks. If they did, they wouldn't be here. <laughs> right? Right, right. So for your safety, <laughs> for your safety, I'm going to call you Edward because that's your name in the system and that's how we're going to treat you here you can identify however you want and i respect that but here for your safety you're edward <laughs> but but you know the point is uh i have to take into consideration a lot of factors it's not just about how that individual feels i'm trying to protect that individual while he sure, <laughs> is at sure. the prison once he's not there anymore she can be she and that's fine right but my role is to protect him her i don't even know how to refer to it now you yeah, see how no I, I get it i get it but uh you know i respect that she identifies as a woman she wants to be a woman fine that's fine but this isn't like the regular world where we're at, we're at right, right it's now. a little different yeah, and, yeah. and i have to and i have to watch out for you while you're here so just go with me on this and you know what she was not offended she was not offended at all sure. she completely understood and she was actually grateful that i was talking to her in my office like that 
and when I'm in my office, I, I call her by her, her, her preferred name. But when I'm in the pod, I call her, I call him by his male name. And I do this consciously, believe it or not, for her benefit. <laughs> right. right. And, and I really, and once again, by way of wrap up, like the, because the wokeness, you know, stuff is sort of presented as this like attack from some kind of alternative ideology that's attempting to sort of erode family structures or erode truth or erode the, our way of life because it's presented that way. Something so simple as I'm really just trying to treat people with dignity mm-hmm. becomes, uh, oh, no, actually, you're not. What you're trying to do is you're trying to hijack the mental f- faculties of human beings, you know, and, and, and are trying to trying to control the way in which we see the world. Like, no, not at all. It's really not that complicated. It's really not that complicated. I just want to be able to call people, you know, refer to people the way they want to be referred and like not be a fucking asshole. That's really mm-hmm. the answer. That's all. That's all what it is. You know, that, that's all what it is. Um, I suppose I could just say, no, I want to be an asshole and I want to hurt you specifically. I guess that's an option, but like <laughs> you will receive societal pushback on that. And you probably right. should, because that's <laughs> ridiculous. You know, like, give me a break. Give me a break. And and frankly, it's not that hard. That's my only other thing. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to slip up. That's all fine. But it's actually it, really not that complicated. And again, it comes down to intention. You know, right. Mo- my experience with, with the transgender community is rather limited. I don't sure. know very many of them. There's not that many of them by comparison in the, in yeah. the general population. There's just not that many of them. Right. And um they're not the types the ones that i've met aren't the types that get offended whenever you misgender them um without intending to like harm them right Right. like when i when i called edward edward and i called him a him uh i wasn't i wasn't trying to hurt him and he reckon he knows that yeah you know and he knows it he knows the the situation that he's in and whenever we talked in my office i was very uh, accepting of of her uh, preferences and mm-hmm. spoke to her in the way that she preferred. But and, and she she didn't get upset that I misgendered her. Right. And once I understood and we understood each other, we had that communication mm-hmm. of uh, how this is going to work, how these rules are going to be. I mean, she's she's not my friend. We're not friends. Right. Right. You know, but she is another human being. And I and I want to respect her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she did some pretty awful stuff. But we won't get into that. But, <laughs> you know, that's not the point. Just be, that's not the point. Like she she is still a human being. And, you know, part of her sentence isn't to be, you know, denigrated or mocked by me. That's not part of right. her sentence. Right. Right. So I'm not I'm not there to do that. Right. And, right. and I think I think she understood that she she I, I know she understands that because we talked about it. Sure. You know. Sure. Yeah, man, it, it's really not that complicated. This is not that complicated from my perspective. The um, you, you treat criminals with dignity. Yeah. You know why? It's because we're not fucking barbarians. That's why. <laughs> that's the answer. The answer is, well, it's because we're civilized motherfuckers. 
Yeah. And we try to treat people with dignity, no matter who they are. And and we move on. It's it's why, even though he probably deserved it, we didn't all gather around the White House on Trump's last day and tar and feather that bastard as he left. Like, <laughs> like it's why we didn't do it. It's why we allowed him to get on his plane and fly away. You know, like, okay, like, that's it. Oh, my God. Well, this is good. Yeah. I'm really glad, brother. I, I think it's awesome when you know, when we're corrected by people who love us and who, who also respect us enough, not only to correct us, but to correct us in ways that like actually promote our flourishing. Right. Like that's right. really the thing, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm thankful for it. I, I was, yeah. I was thankful for, for that. She was like, well, I hope I didn't make you upset or anything. And I was like, no, thank you. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. You know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's great. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to wrap us up as we uh since it's 9 45 and i'm i'm an old old man um <laughs> like i have two to... or three episodes out of this one huh? yeah i know it's a lot it's good <laughs> it's good hey friends thanks for listening this has been an episode of hookah chats with matt and ethan we will see you next time <laughs>